0: Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, June 23rd edition of Bang the Book Radio. My name is Adam Burke, your host for the next eh, 25 to 30 minutes or so. I go over all kinds of things in the world of sports from a betting focus. Happy to have you with me here on this Tuesday edition of the show. One guest on the program, that is Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio, Vegas Hockey Hotline, uh, Betmaker Golf Podcast, Hockey Betting Podcast, He's all over the place out there, covers a lot of stuff for us here on Bang the Book Radio and a lot of stuff on his end as well. We're a chat about this week's golf tournament, the Travelers Championship up in Connecticut. And then take a look at not one, but two NASCAR Cup Series races this weekend at Pocono Raceway, the tricky triangle there in Pennsylvania. So a lot of stuff coming your way here on today's show. A lot of stuff going on over at bangthebook.com as well. If it's going on, we're talking about it. Golf, NASCAR, UFC, KBO. Uh, We're doing some soccer stuff as well. And of course, I'm going to have to start getting going on my college football stuff, my preseason prep work, looking at some power ratings, stuff like that. Hoping to do that here over the next couple of weeks. Looks like we may have baseball coming up here in late July as well with Major League Baseball. Probably playing 60 games. So we'll be covering that over at the website as well. Finally, as you know, this and every edition of Bang the Book Radio, presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook, B-T-B, and the number 200 is that promo code, 100% deposit match bonus for the Sportsbook, 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at Bet DSI. It's only a game until you bet it. One guest on the program here today, and that is Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Brian, how's it going today, man?
1: All right, Adam. How's it going, bud?
0: Doing very well, buddy. Appreciate your time as always here, sir. And uh, you and I were talking before we started recording here, exciting golf tournament, exciting NASCAR race, at least what we've got going on has given us plenty of entertainment and betting value.
1: No, the golf's been sensational. Two tournaments in a row that you could throw a blanket over a bunch of guys uh, and, and the prices, the overlaid prices are just through the roof. Uh, so yeah, I think real opportunities on the golf front and we get another tournament here uh coming up without fans but the 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 quality of the field in these tournaments where that's not necessarily been the case in past years it's been a real treat
0: really has and it's a bummer we're not going to have fans this week at the travelers because this tournament is actually the second most attended tournament behind the waste management phoenix open which is just a four-day drunk fest out in uh out in scottsdale but This one usually has a big crowd, won't have a big crowd on hand for it. But I will say this, you know, in following my Twitter timeline and paying attention to what's going on out there, golf has a big crowd now nationwide, worldwide, with more and more people getting into betting this now because they're desperate to find things to bet. But I've seen a lot of people playing matchups and group matchups and trying to pick winners for these things. That may have an impact on some of the prices here as we go forward with some of the big names, some of the guys that came up just a little bit short, getting love the following week. It seems like that could have an impact on the betting market and the prices that people like you and I are able to get since we're looking a little bit further down the board.
1: Well, I mean, take the podcast we did last week, previewing the tournament this weekend. I I didn't win and it was frustrating, but I got a hell of a run for my money at ridiculous prices. Uh, you know, one guy we mentioned last week that he was a bit of a wild card coming off the layoff, but he was playing as good as anybody before he had uh, before the shutdown was Ty Hatton. So you know, Hatton's got the lead the majority of Sunday at sixty to one. Another guy that we'd mentioned last week, so we watch for a couple of guys that had played well on the weekend at the Charles Schwab that were shaking the rust off, and one of the guys we mentioned. There were two. It was, one was Bubba Watson, but the other one was Joaquin Neiman. Uh, he had the lead for a, a moment. And then you talk about the opportunities that exist, that we talk about the betting strategies, is swing for the fence on the front end, and you can reload on the weekend. And Saturday morning, you know, it wasn't the, the craziest five bucks I ever threw out. I, I Sergio Garcia had 105 to one. And, you know, he makes a run to get within one of the lead at the tail end. And honestly, if you watch that tournament and I had, I had said to, uh, on my shows, if you'd watch Thursday, you'd say this thing's over. Webb Simpson's winning it. I mean, he was awesome on, on Thursday and could have gone even lower. And then on the weekend, it was weird. He kind of he kind of just was floating around and he got a couple of good breaks, hit it off a tree on a par 5 that that could have gone out of bounds and it went on the green. But you know, that's part of golf. But then his putter gets white hot at the end, and you know, and Simpson wins the thing, and, and you know, good on him. I mean, I thought he played exceptional, uh, but amazing uh, that you're sitting there with what uh, twenty guys within two shots of the lead for the meat of the day.
0: Yeah, it's it's been great, and you know, it's even been great too. They've had some guys mic'd up, and there have been some expletives thrown out that have kind of gone viral on social media. It's been a whole lot of fun, to say the least, and I think we should get a lot of fun here this weekend as well with the Travelers, and you got a trio of guys in the 11-1 to range here. Rory, who has just, on the weekend, not been good here these last couple of events. Bryson DeChambeau's been terrific in both events since the return. And then Justin Thomas, who played very well in the tail end of that tournament last week, opened with a 72, but finished final round 63, got himself in the top 10, those three guys, 11 to 1. John Rom, 15. Do, uh, Brooks Kepka, about 16. Dustin Johnson, 18. Last week's winner, Webb Simpson, also in that 18 range. Then a lot of good players in the 20 to 30 range, as we've talked about a lot. Shoffle, Patrick Cantlay comes back this week off the layoff. Patrick Reed has played well. Justin Rose has been good. Bubba Watson's won here three times. He's 26 to 1. Morikawa and Answer, a couple of younger guys playing very well. 28 to 1. Neiman, another young guy, 28 to 1. Again, a lot of good players out there, and a couple of guys that were at higher prices last week and that have come down, and especially two weeks ago when we talked about Matthew Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick and Sergio both in the mid 30s here this week. So we've isolated guys to get at higher prices that have since come down. We just haven't been able to pick that winner.
1: Well, the other And one other guy I actually had, and I bet him after Thursday's round, and I bet him a bunch last year, and I woke up Sunday morning, actually golfed Sunday morning, uh, which was a good idea at the time, but waking up at 4.30 to play at 6 to be done and beat the Heat. But we got done with our round of golf. We go into the grill afterwards, and I look up, and Dylan Fratelli's on the is at 17 under par. I'm like, am I seeing that right? And, you know, he shoots 62 on Sunday. I had a piece of Fratelli. I mean, I was praying for a tornado. But, you know, here's Fratelli at another balloon number. Uh, You know, I I take a a look at a guy like Fratelli, how, you know, you sit there and you look at him at 150 to 1. I'm like, no, this Michael Thompson had a great Sunday. Another guy. But Fratelli, you know, he had a great Thursday and a great Sunday. It's a matter of stringing it out. Over four days, but from a current form perspective, I mean, you know, Fratelli's 150 to one. I'd be taking him over Brian Harmon all day long, and Harmon's 70 to one. Uh, you know, I just think there's crazy overlaid price. I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not giving up on it. He's missed the cut in both rounds, but I think Sung Kang is still a guy uh, that that's going to make some noise here by the end of the year. And he misses the cut in the first two tournaments and he's three hundred to one. I believe me. I'm taking a little piece of him. But I the when I look at the top, and I think, you know, some of the things you watch, Sunday, uh Kepka was flag hunting. And they interviewed him afterward. He said he's done the work. Uh, the game it was a slow start to the season. It was starting to come around, then the shutdown, but he, he did the work of of the of the top guys. Thomas McElroy, DeChambeau's really solid, really consistent. It just seems like there's a goofy thing or two happens to him uh, that cost him. Rom, uh, Webb Simpson, he wins back to back. Good for him. But I, I don't see that happening. I think it'd be a fade on Simpson. But of the top six, and then Cantley, I think coming off the shelf at twenty-five to one. Rose is in good form, but I, I got Kepka at twenty-five to one. I just I just put a little bet on Kepka. He looks to me like he's really close.
0: Yeah, I think Kepka's a good look. I I like DeShambo more. I saw him earlier in the week about 14-1. to Again, price hunt. You got to go shopping for the best prices on these things, absolutely. Somebody likes DeShambo here this week. I agree with that take. He's been excellent in just about every strokes game department here in these first two tournaments off the layoff. And he plays very well here at uh, TPC River Highlands. And before we give out some more names here, we'll just talk a little bit about this course. It's a par 70. It's a short course about... 68.50 68.50 on the yardage this is a course that you know you kind of look at some of the past winners here you've had some guys that hit it a long way Bubba Watson can hit it a long way but three-time winner here left-handed Brian Harmon who you just mentioned he's 70 to 1 here because he's left-handed and a guy that's actually played pretty well in his career at this course uh, he's actually 13th in course history index per data golf plus 1.4 strokes gained on average based on the relative strength of the field so he's played really well here looks like that kind of shot shape that kind of ball flight like a lefty like Watson like a lefty like Harmon that's something that plays well here where this isn't a course loaded with hazards but not a lot of big open spaces it's kind of a you know a a ball strikers course in the sense that you got to hit it where you want to hit it because there aren't a lot of good landing areas
1: well, he listen. I mean, I made the case for Bubba Watson last week uh, at a hundred to one, uh, and he had had a really good weekend, and he, he was so-so this past week. But now he shows up, and yes, you take note of that. Horses for courses, and he's won three times. I mean, that was a while ago, but to go from a hundred to one when he didn't play great down to thirty to one, eh, you know, not for me, right. No, that
0: that's fair. And, and again, I mean, you know, this is this is something else too. And, and I wonder if this dynamic is going to change. But you look at how these last two events have been played, guys coming off the layoff, guys being rusty. I mean, look, Webb Simpson just set the scoring record at the RBC Heritage. Now, again, it's not always the strongest of fields, but 22 under was the best winning score all time at that event. Obviously, things that the Charles Schwab, you know, played a little bit easier than they typically would the rough hasn't been as penal seems like the pin placements haven't been all that bad you sort of wonder if at some point they flip the switch and ramp up the difficulty here make things a little bit more challenging for these players
1: no i i i think that's a fair point we've been talking about that that it it appears and i don't blame them you know that these guys are coming off the shelf and you don't you don't want these guys out there looking bad uh, and they're coming off a long layoff. That yeah, the the rough. Although I thought the rough at Colonial, there there were some gnarly spots, uh, but there was no rough this past week. But because the course is narrow enough to begin with, with the waste areas and the trees, but you got to give these guys marks. I mean, listen, come on, the course had to be set up easy. You had seven guys on Saturday shoot a sixty-three.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot a lot of low numbers on the weekend for sure, and. Who knows? Maybe that'll be the same thing here at the Travelers. So, you you mentioned taking a look at Dylan Fratelli in that one twenty five, one fifty to one range. Some other guys on your radar here for this weekend at, at some bigger prices.
1: Well, like I said, I mean, of the favorites, I think you got to look at Kepka, and um, I, 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 I'm not going to get off the Sung Kang bandwagon. I mean, he's not playing well right now. Um, he had a hole in one, was his highlight. Uh, at Colonial, so that that's a that's the crazy play. The Fratelli no, number to me is just stupefying. I Michael Thompson, uh, he was contending for the win this past Sunday, and there's another guy in that 150 to one range, which is kind of a gong show number. A guy that I think is very quietly a real solid player is uh, Max Homa at 125 to one. Cokeracks a hundred to one. He had a chance to win uh, at Colonial, Uh, you know. So those are some of the numbers. I I think there's most overlaid prices. Um, You know, just because you're going to see every shot he hits, I don't know that you 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 throw five bucks on Phil at 140 to one. He hasn't played here uh, in 15 years. But again, to me, the the way to do this is is you know play your three guys, four guys. On the front end, I mean, I, I Kepka, okay, I, twenty-five to one—that's a great price. I I think he looks like he's really trending the right way. And then I think you swing for some some long guys. And I'm telling you, Friday night, you know, Saturday's moving day. You know, Friday night, you know, you get somebody four shots off the pace at seventy-five to one—is it's insane? I mean, you know, the way to—and and then matchups, like you said, the head-to-head matchups, tournament matchups. There's a, there's a boatload of ways to play. Another guy you should uh, should mention. Which uh, the price through the from the past two weeks, I for the life of me, I don't understand how is Corey Connors eighty to one. You know, yeah. I mean, he's playing great.
0: He is Corey Connors is definitely playing great. I like the Max Homa play. I, I wrote about him over at dot com as a daily fantasy value play. Only seven thousand on the DraftKings salary, but that's a guy that he was twelfth in strokes gained T to green last week. He just didn't putt well, and he's putt well pretty much all year long. He's just outside the top 40 in strokes gained putting. Putting's usually not his problem. Last week, it was. So if he fixes that here this week, definitely a guy that could be in the hunt. And again, we're talking about balloon numbers to win. You could play top 10s, top 20s, stuff like that. You could do some different things with those. I'll throw out a couple of my long shot prices here for you, Brian, and then we'll move on to NASCAR. Doc Redman's out there at 150 to 1. Doc Redman, he's only 22 years old, but he's a great tee to green player. He's had some issues with putting and you got to make putts. And certainly with the courses playing the way that they are, you really got to make putts because a lot of guys wind up with some pretty good numbers. But he's top 25 in driving accuracy this year. He's been under par in six of his eight rounds since the return. Again, just 22 years old. I hate this as a South Carolina fan, but he's a Clemson product. But again, great tee to green skills. At 150 to 1, not a bad gamble. And then at 200 to 1, I'll stay with kind of that Southeast theme here. Matthew Neesmith has actually played pretty well. Top 40 in driving accuracy, 45th in strokes gained putting, 16th in GIR percentage, top 20 in strokes gained T to green last week. But again, another guy like Max Homa, who played well in a lot of areas, just didn't make enough putts. But Neesmith at 200 to 1, I don't think that's a bad grab this week at all.
1: No, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of ways, you know, you can go with this thing, and, and I'm just, while well, you were talking, I just wanted to go follow up uh, a little bit on, on Homa, and I'm looking at him, I mean, he was ninth in the Farmers, 6th in the Waste Management, uh, nothing wrong with 14th at Pebble Beach, and then he was top 5 at the Genesis, uh, then the shutdown, and... He missed the cut by a shot, I believe, at the Charles Schwab. I mean, shoot 70 69. That's not horrible golf. But he, here he comes this last week. He had four rounds in the 60s. Finished 41st. But, I mean, like you said, if the if the putter was just off a tick and, and he gets the, the putter fixing, and fixed a touch, four rounds in the 60s, the guy's 110 to 1, and he's got three top 10s on his resume earlier this year. He's 110 to 1. It's, you know, I mean, you're sitting there going, with like you mentioned redmond guys like that i mean you know from a form perspective you could look at guys like this and say there's still a lot of gray areas out there there's no reason a a grenade can't win this thing
0: well we'll definitely keep an eye on the golf stuff and uh, max Homa also has a great twitter account by the way for those that don't follow him he's he's fantastic he's extremely entertaining on there so uh somebody asked him So we asked him how he felt about tying with Rory McIlroy. And he goes, well, probably better than he felt about tying with me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there
1: you
0: go. I mean, that's just perfect. And you know what? I love this too. This is just a side note. We'll end on this. I love the personality getting added to golf with some of these young players that have come up and played really, really well. You obviously have some of the the brasher, more confident guys like a Rory uh, Tiger when he's going well. Golf has added a lot of personality here over the last few years. Now they've got guys mic'd up with the coverage, stuff like that. This is, obviously, you know, this COVID-19 pandemic has has not been good in so many ways. It's been such a tragic incident around the world. Some of the silver linings that have come out of it, from sports specifically, golf getting more of a following, having more of these personalities, the charity matches, uh, more betting interest, all of this has been great for the PGA Tour, and I hope that they're able to keep that momentum going You know, once they're going up against basketball, hockey, football, etc.
1: Listen, I think golf, horse racing, uh, NASCAR, uh, people are paying attention to it now just because. And then when the other stuff returns, I don't know that people necessarily abandon it. And I think these sports could, could see a rise in popularity and from the book's perspective, a rise in handle. Uh, You know, when when the mainstream stuff returns, they've they've been paying attention to it and feel like there's an ounce of education involved in it. So I think these sports that have been up and running during the, for the most part, shutdown uh, will reap rewards.
0: All right, so we transition over to the NASCAR Cup Series side of things here for a double header at Pocono. And this was scheduled. This is not because of things being changed due to coronavirus or anything like that. This was scheduled for June 27th and 28th. The Pocono Organics 325 is Saturday. The Pocono 350 is Sunday. Unless something gets mangled with the car, something like that, the drivers are supposed to use the same car throughout the weekend. Practice and qualifying supposed to go off on Friday. I think that's still the plan, even though obviously things have changed here a little bit with the Cup Series schedule. Pocono is an interesting track. They call it the Tricky Triangle for a reason. It's kind of part road course, part oval, part all sorts of different things. Two and a half mile track here. And I will say this, as interesting and as exciting as Pocono is, I don't think we get 56 lead changes like we saw during the Geico 500 yesterday.
1: No, honestly, I think the way you're going to have to play this one are the group matchups. There's just going to be absolutely no value. Uh, you know, uh, listen, for years I was all about, and it's, it, this is scary how, hey, these guys are getting old, but how time flies, uh, I was all about always Denny Hamlin or Kurt Bush at Pocono, and those guys just always ran good there. And I, you look at the recent results, Hamlin, Bush. Kyle Bush Kyle Bush Truex Kyle Bush All right so you got to play a Joe, a Joe Gibbs car here right let's just let's just cut to the chase I, I think a, a Joe Gibbs car I'd be I'd be looking at almost a two horse race with Hamlin and Bush but you got to sit there and say well you got to give Truex a puncher's chance uh, beyond that I think you're looking mid pack where you can make your money with group matchups and some of the mid tier guys uh I think Reddick is a guy. Reddick might be a nice price play. This kid just goes pedal to the metal, um, so maybe you get an overlay price on a guy like Redick, and maybe a, I'd say a puncher's chance for Jimmy Johnson, who's won here in the past, and he's close. He's very close and been snake bit. Uh, speaking of snake bit, I mean I love Talladega, and that's the you can play anybody there, and you know very quietly. I mean I I had Logano. It was amazing how that thing uh, uh, shaked out with the yellow where it fell, and then these guys all had uh, mileage concerns. But Logano had the best car, and he's the most aggressive guy. But it came down to who was saving fuel. But the two guys I actually I played Logano in a group matchup, but the two guys I played at the big price were De Benedetto, who for the most part, until he got in fuel trouble, they were in the top four the whole race, and the other guy was Eric Almirola, and uh, I missed winning that literally by about six inches because Almirola had the big run at the end of the race, and he had to duck down low, and he, he literally just clipped the front bu- bumper of Stenhouse, and he actually finished third going sideways. If, if he had not gotten clipped, Almirola was winning that race, So, and he was 30 to one.
0: Well, and this race, I mean, again, you know, you've got back-to-back days, so you wonder how that's going to go for the drivers, because we talked about this. I mean, the return on May 17th, this is, what, 11 races in in 41 days or something like that for the Cup Series, now with a back-to-back. And at least, you know, Long Pond, Pennsylvania is not the sultry heat of the Southeast or anything like that, but still, back-to-back race days. The distances have been shortened a little bit. For these two races here to accommodate the back-to-back factor but still you know, you wonder if you're an older driver let's say a Denny Hamlin or a Kurt Busch something like that even a Kevin Harvick at this point do you go all out to try to win that first race because you know that the second race you may be dragging a little bit it may be a little bit tougher on you physically and mentally or do you kind of try to play the long game position yourself on Saturday hope you're positioned well on Sunday too And it's tough for us to kind of break this down because because of the rain pushing back Talladega to Monday, I haven't seen odds out there in the offshore market for this yet. Maybe you've seen some out there in Vegas. No, but we don't don't have any prices on this thing. So we're just kind of speculating here. But again, with the back-to-back, I mean, Kyle Busch is going to be your favorite, by the way. But with the back-to-back, I mean, you know, do you see some different strategy in play here where do you go all out Saturday, risk your car, Go for that win. Then what do you do on Sunday? You know, I think there's some interesting strategic elements to this here that you can kind of read between the lines if you see some driver quotes or something like that as we get closer to these two races.
1: Well, I would say my strategy might be watching the race Saturday uh, that it's possible it happens, but if it were to happen that a quality driver, quality car, say, gets. You know, into the wall and has some damage, and then he's rolling the backup car out on Sunday, and their backup cars are damn near close to their number one car. So, if a quality guy has a DNF and is rolling out a fresh car on Sunday against the guys that had to complete the full race, that might be a guy you take a look at on a Sunday. So, you know, that's maybe. Read between the lines, a little off the wall thinking, but beyond that, I, I'm just saying I'd be playing group matchups in this thing. Um, this is one of these tracks where it's a parade through town, you know, and they spread out, and there's just not a whole hell of a lot of passing goes on here. So, I I, I think you got you can you don't look much further than Denny Hamlin or Kyle Busch, honestly. I don't think, you know, for the win here. So, I I, I think you get. You know they're going to be in the three four to one range that you're telling me at, at plus two seventy five or three dollars. I you know I play Tyler Reddick in a group matchup. You know I, I think you're better you're better served to bet the matchups than you are to bet the win here. There's just no value in it. I hate value. I hate that word. No value in ripping up a losing ticket. But I you know I I don't think you could go any further than the Joe Gibbs cars.
0: Kyle Bush, three wins in the last three years. Again, there are two races a year at Pocono, so he's won three of the six. Three of the last five. Re- yeah, yeah, he's got three stage wins as well, three stage one wins in this race. Truex got a couple of wins, as you mentioned. Hamlin, five career at Pocono, uh, did get that win a couple of years ago, or uh, last year actually, his first since 2010. So maybe he turned Jimmy, it back a little bit.
1: Go ahead. Jimmy, John- Jimmy Johnson's won three times here, you know, and he's running well. No, you no, know, but I think he's got a tiger by the tail with the Joe Gibbs cars. I this think this is you'd a
0: be... tough one. It is. I mean, because if you try to go against Gibbs, I mean, Brad Keslowski, he's got four straight top fives in this first race and five the last six. He's got a win here, five top fives in the second race. So he's been around. If you're looking to skirt the Joe Gibbs team, which is scary here this week. Kozlowski's probably your guy. Harvick's got seven top five finishes here
1: in the last six years. Blaney's got a win there. He does have his all win there, and he's coming off. And Blaney's run well all year long. He just seems to find a lot of trouble. And by the way, isn't isn't that the irony of all ironies, Uh, the way it shakes out? Um, If you remember, I don't know if you were able to watch the whole race, but there was one moment, I think it was Kozlowski who did it, where Blaney was coming up in the outside lane, it was about halfway through the race, and Kozlowski just plowed into him, you know, with the bump drafting. But Blaney got damn near sideways and somehow didn't wreck and never took his foot off the pedal and actually rushed up and took the lead. So, you know, he was uh, literally an inch away from causing the big one, and he hung, he saved it and ended up winning the race. So good on him. Well, if your long shots,
0: Tyler Reddick, I'll throw one out here. And this is the only Chevy guy I'd really be interested in taking. I think Chase Elliott does run well here, but there's not a ton of value week in and week out on Chase Elliott anymore. My long shot guy here is Billy Byron. William Byron last year, second in the first stage, third in the second stage. He eventually finished ninth. He was fourth in the second race. Some guys, especially some of these young guys, just kind of have tracks that just sort of feel comfortable to them. I think William Byron, again, Winning price, he's probably 25, 28, 30 to 1, something like that when the odds get posted. But to win his group, probably plus 250, plus 260, something like that, maybe some head-to-head matchup stuff. William Byron is, is going to be the longer shot guy that I like here. But it's it's probably Bush, Keselowski, Harvick, the the usual suspects that win this thing.
1: I believe you're right, sir. Uh, the, the, the one intrigue is watch Saturday and um, try to get a read on it, see if there's something you can spot. Uh, for a Sunday, but I would I again I I would go down to the the lower tier rungs of the group matchups and uh, you know take a look at uh, you know maybe a, a, in a group matchup uh, LaJoy actually runs pretty good uh, on a regular basis uh, it, it's it's amazing they're always attached at the hip Bell or Busher and Bell was running up front actually had the lead and went below the yellow line and got penalized bell was running good yesterday but so you know it's not just who wins this thing the the real real opportunities i think specifically this weekend lie in the middle and the back of the pack
0: brian blessing the host of sportsbook radio vegas hockey Outline, and a couple of different podcasts what's the best way for people to get your work man
1: uh on twitter if brian blessing put the links out for you know, Pretty much everything we do, the uh, Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Island shows are archived uh, at sportsbookradio.com. And noon to 2 Eastern, you can listen to them live at kshp.com.
0: Well, make sure you follow Brian on Twitter, at Brian Blessing. Brian, always a treat to talk golf, NASCAR, or whatever else with you here on Bang the Book Radio. Thank you so much for joining me, man, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: All right, bud, and then we'll see what happens here. Uh, you know, getting word, like you said, on baseball, uh, hockey, uh, we got the uh, NHL draft Friday. Uh, Speaking get- of hockey,
0: I'll, I'll ask you this: Vegas will be one hub city. Columbus has been taken out of the running for the East. What, what's the other one going to be? Toronto?
1: No, it's well, it's sounding like for whatever reason. Well, not, a, not whatever reason. Vancouver's gaining a lot of steam. The only thing that's odd is is having two two sites that would be in the Pacific Time Zone, but. You know, all they're supposed to be doing is playing hockey. But Vancouver, you know, Vancouver did have the Olympics, right? So they've kind of staged this type of event before. Um, I know they're making a push-up at Edmonton and Alberta. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Vegas for sure, but I mean, a, lot of, a lot of buzz about Vancouver of late. But so much of this depends on what the testing is going to be by the end of the week when they make the decision.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Well, make sure you tune into Vegas Hockey Hotline to get all those updates for that. Like I said, Brian, appreciate your time, man, and we'll talk to you again real soon.
1: All right, bud. Have a good day.
0: There you go. There's Brian Blessing, once again, the host of Sportsbook Radio, Vegas Hockey Hotline, Hockey Betting Podcast, the Betmaker Golf Podcast, a lot of stuff that he does. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Brian Blessing. I'll be back on Thursday with a new edition of the Betters Box RKBO Betting Podcast. Now, do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you again on Thursday.